everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here with Lisa May and already she is my new best friend. She is just as nice and sweet and bubbly as you'd expect. And she is the first guest on Allison Rosen is your new best friend who brought her own headphones. Yes. That's how much of a pro she is. Welcome. Thank you. I didn't bring my own water and I feel bad about that. It was in the car, but I forgot. Well, I that really... water right there is for you. Thank you. So, And there's also a Diet Coke if you would like that. Oh my that. gosh, you're fantastic. Yeah. No, no, you are. <laughs> I love you already. Oh, it's this is working out so well. So let's just bring the listeners up to speed. Okay. You are Lisa May, formerly of K-Rock and Kevin and Bean Show. Kevin and Bean Show. And as I think everyone who listens knows, I was let go from the Adam Carolla show at the very be- or December 29th. The day is etched in my memory. <laughs> for burned forever. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, and, you know, the my listeners and his listeners had a lot of feelings about it and there was a lot of outrage and and then i don't know a couple months later maybe i, I was going to ask you yep. when when you were let go um i started getting tweets saying hey there's a similar situation to what happened with you and i don't actually know how similar our situations are but i you know started hearing more and more about about what happened with you and people were saying you should have her come on the show so i reached out to you and yeah. said would you like to come on and you kind of went back and forth a bit I but did. now you're here because you want to tell your side of the story and i'm very honored that you would feel comfortable to do that on my show thank well, you i did a little investigating into you allison oh, honestly thank you. and i listened to your podcast and i listened to a couple of your interviews and i thought oh, she's really good at interviewing i, was, I really was impressed and um and then i investigated your firing and <laughs> <laughs> i i listened to Adam's um, podcast oh. where he talked about it and I listened to what you said. Which and- episode? Because he did it on three different episodes. Yes, I said I watched <laughs> all, all three of them or listened to them on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was thorough. So <laughs> um, <laughs> that that did that's where we don't right. um, coincide. I don't think I got um, rung through the way that you did. Yeah. But um but I was as unceremoniously dumped. Right. Yes. Right. So, so we have that in common. And um, listeners have been really vocal about it. Yeah. I remember you in an email, you said that you, you like you expected there to be, you know, maybe some people who were upset about it, but not, but the amount of support you got was really overwhelming. I'm now putting my own words in your mouth. I think that is what I said. That's how good you are. And I related to that. <laughs> But what I didn't want to say is that carries for me. I won't. I won't tell you how you're going to okay. feel. For me, like that carries you through for a while, and then kind of it sort of settles down, and then you're back in in this new reality. And um, I don't me, have a job. That one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, the support really insulated me from the reality of what happened for a while, and I was like, this is this is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and then now I'm kind of realizing, still, I'm in a much better place. Or I'm in a fine place. Yeah. Um, but now I'm realizing like, you know, what is this new reality where I no longer work for that show where I worked for four years? But enough about me, because you were at K-Rock for 24 20... years. Wow. Um, I wasn't always in those studios. I started out in the Metro Traffic Studios. And then I think like 10 years into it, I went over to K-Rock and was actually in the studios with them. Um, before that, I did traffic reports on lots of different stations. Mm-hmm. Um what was the question? <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So, yes, I think I am being insulated. 
by um, all of the love and support. And I imagine there's going, it's going to stop to some extent. It has to. I mean, I can't believe it's been going on this long mm-hmm. and people are still really passionate, which is amazing to me. Um, but of course, it's going to have to stop. And and one of the reasons that I wanted to do this with you today is I think it's just the natural progression that once I talk about it, it's going to start to die down. And it should. Right. You know, you can't keep this up forever. Um, but yeah, then I think reality is going to probably set in a little more. And I do feel just like a twinge of panic right now, like um, I'm going to have to start making some moves. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wait too long, when the wave is completely gone, people who have called me and expressed interest in maybe what I want to do next may not be as interested. Right. I mean, I don't know how this works. I've never <laughs> navigated. I was fired once a long time ago when I worked in finance and I didn't have anybody who was upset about it and I just remember sitting <laughs> no in my living room boycott the finance yeah, no, place that you no worked one did that and uh it was like three I don't know maybe three months of misery so this is way different than that and I have savings and I had some severance coming so oh, all of that's great I'm not panicked about money um, like I was then but yeah I think the reality is not quite there yet for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to feel a little more rejected in a month or two. Well, so when did you get fired and how did you find out? Oh, when was that? February 20, no, February 18th. That's when it was. Okay, so this is the story no one's really heard. Um, we were on vacation. I think it was President's Day. We came back on Tuesday and everything was fine. I went home and there's um, someone who fills in for me, Nick Palacini. And he emailed me and said, why am I filling in for you tomorrow? And I thought, that's curious. Hmm. And I called Dave, the producer, and said, did you ask Nick to fill in for me? And he said, yes. And I said, why, Dave? I'm not, I didn't ask for the day off. And he said, I don't know, Lisa. I was just told to do it. And boom, I said, Dave, am I getting fired? He said, I don't know, Lisa. I don't know. And I said, you don't know or you're just not telling me? And he said, I don't know. This was on email? Uh, no, I called him. Called? Okay. I called him on the phone. So we got off the phone, and then there was an email from my boss at Total Traffic, Terry, saying, um, call me. So I called him, and he said, I can't tell you anything legally, mm-hmm. but don't go to work tomorrow, but meet me at the K-Rock Studios at 10 a.m. And that's all he could say to me. And wow. I hung up the phone, and I called my boyfriend, and I said, I'm getting fired tomorrow. And he said, there's no way you're getting – you're crazy. I said, I'm telling you. I will bet you money. I am getting let go tomorrow. There's just no other explanation. So um, I went to K-Rock at 10 the next morning. And, you know, I was just – I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I had this weird adrenaline going through mm-hmm. me, and my hands were clammy, and I was like – don't cry. Just don't <laughs> don't be a girl and cry. And um, Terry, bless his heart, met me in the parking lot so I wouldn't have to walk in by myself. And we went into a conference room. I didn't run into anyone, which, you know, that's it's like, I don't want to see anybody. Yeah. Um, and an HR person I've never met came in from Total Traffic and um, had my packet. And I have said a few times now, I've been Anna Kendrick. Do you remember Up in the Air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick? It's like, this is your packet. (laughs) This is the beginning of the rest of your life. The sooner that you take this, you'll be on your way to your future. (laughs) And uh, I was a little flippant. She was like, okay, you have not been let go for cause, but you are being let go. I was like, (laughs) duh. (laughs) Of course, I know this. Um, Do you have any questions? 
nothing you can answer, but thank you. Right. You know, here's your last check. And when you sign this paperwork, um, maybe you want a lawyer to see it. But when you sign it, then you can get your severance. And that was it. And then Terry said, well, I know the program director wants to see you. Um, so now, now I'm starting to cry. I'm a terrible crier. I'm like a hiccup crier. <laughs> it's ugly. Um, and at this point, I'm just kind of like my lip is quivering and mm. I've got tears in my eyes. And I walked over to um, Kevin Weatherly's office, the program director, and he sees my face and he comes over and he gives me like the longest hug. Aww. And he says, I know Kevin and Bean want to be here, so I'm going to go get them. So he went and got Kevin and Dave and Ralph. Um, Bean, he called on the phone because he's in Seattle. And um, he said, Bean, Lisa's here. And I said, you guys, I... I've known you 24 years. I can't believe that this is how this is happening. You guys know me. You know I would never sue anybody. I wouldn't, like, you know me so well. How is it that nobody gave me a heads up? Like, this is how this happens. And Bean said, um, we're, we're so sorry, and we wanted to call you. We wanted to talk to you, but the lawyer said we couldn't. Um, and it had something to do with the fact that I wasn't really employed by K-Rock, or something huh. and they could get in trouble and I don't I don't know um lawyers always say that you can't talk to them right you know? right but my personal feeling is and maybe I'm just foolish is they did know me enough to to pick up the phone on the sly and call me no one was gonna fire them yeah for calling me um but they didn't so um it's why like, do you think they didn't Maybe they're really afraid of the lawyers. I mean, I'd certainly been there before when we were told we had various incidents, legal incidents throughout the years where we were told you absolutely cannot call this person. You can't talk to them. You can't engage in this. You can never talk about this again. And we didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they just really were like, we know we can trust you, but we don't really know we can trust you. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the truth. People surprise you sometimes. So. Yeah. But that's hurtful. That's really hurtful. And, um, and, and then Kevin Weatherly said, we are not going to do traffic anymore. And we're not going to do news anymore. So we're letting you and Doc go. <clears throat> and we all sat there for a second. And Kevin, writer from the morning show, is sitting with his legs kind of spread, his arms on his legs, and he's looking straight down at the floor. Like, he will not look at me. Mm -hmm. And do you think he felt guilty, Oh, I think he felt terrible. But this is, the, this is the thing that really sticks in my cross. So he says, we're letting you and Doc go because we're not doing traffic. We're not doing news. Nobody says anything. And I say, but you are hiring another female. How did you know that? I just had a gut feeling. Mm. Nobody says anything. And I say, Allie McKay? Oh, you... I just, just had, had a, a feeling that no one had told... I mean, obviously, no one told me anything. I right. just had this gut feeling about it. And... Kevin Weatherly, Weatherly says yes. Mm. And Kevin Ryder is still looking at the floor. He is like, not, his head has not moved. He's not moving. He's not looking at me. And I think that's the part. If it were just, you know, we're letting you go because we're not doing traffic anymore. Oh, well, that's business. But, you know, they're bringing, I'm being replaced. Right. And no one wanted to tell me. And the thing that I'm grateful for is that I figured it out and I said it. Because if I had just gone home and then... People started saying, where are you? What's happening? And I said, well, they're not doing traffic anymore. That's why I'm not going back. That's just business. Oh, well. And then Allie showed up the following Monday, which she did. I would have looked like such an idiot. <laughs> 
you know, and mm-hmm. um, and naive and um, and I can't say 100% that no one was going to tell me that, but that was my feeling. Like, that wasn't going to be said in that meeting. Right. Maybe right. I'm wrong. entirely go along with their narrative of no. we're just changing the format. Yeah. And yeah. for listeners, I assume most listeners who are listening right now are familiar with you, but for listeners who, who aren't familiar with the format of the show, you did a lot more than just traffic. traffic. You know, you sat there yes. in the studio and you were really another voice that was you know, woven throughout the show. Yeah, I was there for all the breaks. Um, listeners tended to call me the voice of reason <laughs> <laughs> and, and sort of representing the female, the female voice, which mm-hmm. um, they need sometimes for sure. And um, yeah, and, and I did traffic and I did a bunch of the commercials. So Kevin and Bean didn't have to because they sort of didn't want to do those <laughs> live endorsements yeah. on the air. But yeah, I was a, a part of the show. I went to all of the events. I got on stage with them. You know, I was 100% a part of the show. So, so many questions. Um, I'll just work sure. work backwards. What made you get the sense that it might be Alan McKay? Well, um, she had filled in for Ralph um, when he was gone before the end of the year doing some entertainment reports. She has a big following from KTLA. She was on there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And um, and I knew she was looking for a job. She'd actually asked Kevin at one point to help her um, Kevin Ryder from the morning show to help her maybe she was thinking about going back east which is where she got her start in radio in sports radio mm-hmm. actually um, and I think he had set up a few things for her so I knew she was looking for something um, and I never felt like the program director was my biggest fan I just never have gotten that sense from him mm-hmm. so I really liked Allie and I I don't dislike her now, but I mean, when she came in, I was like, this is fun. It's another woman. Oh my God. How amazing. You know, it's so testosterone heavy in there. And just to have another female on the voice to sort of play with and maybe back me up a little bit or I back her up, it it would be great. Mm -hmm. And so I was really enjoying her being there and I thought we're going to be friends. Oh no, she's going to move back east. Darn it! <laughs> um, and and I knew Kevin and Bean liked her, and they were trying to figure out some way to use her mm-hmm. um, because she was. Oh, that's my phone. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Okay, just ignore it. Uh, whatever you want to do. Okay, I'll turn it off. Okay. So she, um, they were trying to figure out things that they could do with her. Okay. So I don't know. So you it knew just, she was in the mix. Yeah, and it just ended up making. I don't know. It ended up making sense to me because I knew they would have to have a female. Right. You just, you don't hear any morning shows anymore. There used to be like Mark and Brian and stuff, but you really don't hear morning shows anymore where it's just two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you never hear two women, which is a sad. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to bring it full circle, she also filled in uh, as one of the replacements after on the Adam Carolla show. She did? After they fired me, yeah. I did not She know did. That. So they had, so Gina Grad is the one who ultimately got the job and she would often, I, I missed very few days of that show, but like when I went and got married and a couple other times, she would fill in for me and she had auditioned for the job originally and I think probably if I hadn't come along would have gotten it. I mm-hmm. think it was kind of hers to lose. Uh, and then... She filled in right after they fired me, like immediately afterwards. And then they brought in a bunch of different people. And Allie McKay was one of them. And then Gina ended up getting the job. And I know that some of the women who auditioned feel like actually they intended to hire Gina the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I don't know why they brought people in. I, I have 
a theory is so it would appear as if they were going, you know, trying out a bunch of different people. I don't actually know. Right. But just funny coincidence. That is but interesting. Allie landed on her feet, it seems. So <laughs> she did <laughs> so just for fine. Her. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have any sense that they were thinking about no longer doing traffic? Not really, although I know Bean asked me, and it has to be six months ago, maybe more, he said, you know, Lisa, don't you think at some point people aren't going to do traffic on the radio anymore because they have their GPS and and they can get traffic that way or they can use Waze or whatever. But he's always asking questions like mm-hmm. that. So I never took it as um, some sort of pointed hint. Right. And maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But that was the only indication I ever got that they were considering doing that. And the fact is that they still have a contract with total traffic and still have to play the commercials for another year. So what So they didn't wait for the contract to end right. to let me go. They just I I don't know, maybe it's like Allie's available. Let's make our move now. Yeah, I mean, what what is your your theory really about why this all happened? Well, I think there are new shows in the market, like The Woody Show, um, Heidi and Frank. They've been on a little while now, um, probably a couple of years since they uh, did their podcast. Um, Mark Thompson is back. So we've got, we've, oh, I have to stop saying that. They've <laughs> got real competition. And they're, you know, there's always concern when a new show comes on. Not that their ratings had slipped at all. As far as I know, the ratings have been fine because we would talk about it. So I think the ratings have been fine. But maybe there was a sense that we need to shake things up um, because these new shows are in the market and we just need to do some different new things. Um, And replacing me would be one of them. I don't know. I know. I'm sure that Ali will be able to do some things that I couldn't do just because she's not doing traffic and she's not doing commercials. Like I was busy mm-hmm. actually doing a lot of stuff. And um, so maybe she will be able to bring some some bits and stuff that I couldn't do. Did you feel like they wanted you to? I never got that sense. Like nobody, and this relates to you mm-hmm. because when I listened to Adam's reasons <laughs> for letting you go and Brian kept saying, did you talk to her? <laughs> right. And he went, no, I didn't talk to her. Like, you should have just, that was my Adam imitation. <laughs> no, I didn't talk to her. I, why not? Why didn't he sit, if that was really That's the my issue. Feeling. Right, because he didn't, why, yeah, exactly. Adam never had trouble talking to anybody about anything, as far as I know. So why right. didn't he sit and talk to you? So if they weren't happy with me, if there were things, obviously I'm, they weren't going to make me like sports. I don't like sports and I don't care. Um, but there's enough people on that show that love sports. I don't know why I would need to pick mm. up that mantle. But um, if there were things that they really were unhappy about, then why didn't anyone ever sit down and talk to me? Or is it just that they decided that what they needed wasn't what I could deliver? Right. Which is possible. I mean, they have a right to fire me. I'm, I'm not really quibbling with the fact that they made that decision. They have the right to do it. It's their show. Um, the, the ratings are on their back, not mine. So they have a right to do it. It was really just how it was done. Um, and I think they weren't truthful in the beginning. What did they say in, in the immediate wake of it? So I got let go on a Wednesday and I was like radio silent Mm -hmm. for two days. And then, um, and they had Nick filling in on traffic, which I don't know why they did that, except maybe it was just so people wouldn't sort of get the idea that I wasn't coming back. Right. Um, 
but I started getting like Twitters and Facebook messages like, where are you? Are you on vacation? When are you coming back? And I thought, okay, well, this is my story to tell Mm -hmm. now. It was probably 6.30 on Friday morning. And I said, not coming back, got laid off on Friday or fired. I actually prefer the word fired. I, All right, let's I use think that I was one. Fired. Yeah, um, and so and and people started retweeting it, and and it just kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. And so around eight thirty on Friday morning, um, Kevin and Bean went on the air to to address it, which I don't think they were intending to do. Mm-hmm. But things got really crazy, and um, so the thing that they said that day is kind of what they intended to say to me in the office, which is we're not doing traffic and news anymore. That's why Lisa's gone. That's why Doc is gone. We don't feel like people need traffic reports anymore. <clears throat> it, it opens up more time for us to do other things. Those two one-minute traffic reports an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you still have to play commercials for. They so much stuff well, to fit that in. You cram <laughs> a lot of stuff in now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of all they said. And I didn't say a word about Allie mm-hmm. um, on Twitter because I, you know... I wasn't trying to bury anybody, um, and I didn't know when she was going to start. For all I knew, they were going to wait a month, which I thought would be a very wise thing to yeah. do. If you're going to cut me loose, let it breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, boom. Monday, there <laughs> she is. And I'm like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> that was really poor planning. And that's when, and I mean, people were all weekend. People were like, what's going on? And I do want traffic, and Lisa needs to be there. And then Allie comes on, and then it really explodes because it's become really apparent that... I'm being replaced. Right. Um, That it's more than what they said originally. And then nothing was said until I think Wednesday of the second of the next week. Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, I think they just had to address it. And they came back on and they said, um, you know, first it was, well, we're not doing traffic anymore. And then it was, and we've, you know, we kind of want to freshen things up and, and, um, and, Allie does voices and she's into sports and so and this will challenge us in new ways and um at first um there was like Ralph was kind of angry mm-hmm. um because I think he I, and for whatever reason I don't know why he was getting he seemed to be getting more hate about this right. than other people for whatever reason but he reacted and started blocking people and what was your relationship with ralph i mean we were always very friendly i've never had a problem with him um we weren't close mm-hmm. but, but you and and kevin and bean were close i right? think we were closer i think i'm closest to Bean. Okay. really um but yeah kevin and i also i mean you worked uh, ralph was in and out of the studio all morning but B- kevin and i we're in the studio together, and um, we were always sharing looks, you know, mm-hmm. about whatever was happening. And yeah, I actually consider him a good friend mm-hmm. and Bean too. Um, Ralph and I never really, I mean, he invited me to some Christmas parties and stuff. He was very nice about that. But we weren't, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we were good friends and that right. we we're going to hang out at some other time. But was there ever any conflict between you guys? No, no, really not. Um, I just think he... I don't know. I think maybe he was just feeling really attacked or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started blocking people. And then people were like, oh, my God, Ralph is blocking. It just got crazy yeah. after that. And um, and pe- 
I think a lot of people were saying, I'm not going to listen anymore. And Ralph said, fine, don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's not the right. And I think, I, I hope I'm remembering this right. I think Bean came back in and was like, no, no, no. We're not saying don't listen anymore. We're saying <laughs> give it a chance. And yeah. You know, the show, we want to put good shows on for you and just give Allie a chance and be fair to her. And she was getting a lot of flack. And mm-hmm. I felt bad about that because, I mean, she just took a job. And that's, you know, when you don't have a job and you get a job, you take the job Mm -hmm. and it's a good job. So I I certainly don't fault her for doing that. And so she did probably get um, way too much crap for that. But again, they could have planned it better, I think. Right. You know, there, there was a way to handle it. Of course, they would have still had a lot of crap about that, but I think they could have lessened it Mm -hmm. and also thought about what they were going to say. Um come right on and just own it to say we're not doing traffic and we want to do something new and we've hired Allie McKay and she's coming on Monday and just like let it fly I I don't know but I imagine it might have died down a little more quickly if they'd just been a little more straightforward about it to begin with and maybe they were just caught unawares right I mean I think if there's one thing the listeners can't stand it's feeling like hey we have been listening to this program for years. We trust you. You don't trust us enough to be straight with us. So that's one thing. Yes. And then I lost the other thing. There was something else in there. We'll come back to it. But you know what I think one of the issues is, and this is what I've read over and over is, you guys were a family. Mm -hmm. And it, it may not be just that people love me so much, but they loved us together. Like I have been through... Um, there p- people on the show have had tragedies. We all have weird, quirky things that go on. Um, and, and people have lived through all those things. You don't listen to people five days a week and not sort of become their friends. Right. You know, they know you. You can't right. pretend to be someone you're not, I don't think. No. Uh, or unless you're an amazing actor. And so um, they looked at us as their weird, quirky, dysfunctional family. And then they let a family member go. And one of the things that has occurred to me is that um, any show that people listen to, they have things they love and things they don't love. But they'll hang in there because they like the people, they like the families, they'll stick with you. But if you do something like this, it gives them that opportunity to go, you know what, there are other things on the radio. Mm -hmm. There are other morning shows. I'm not getting my traffic anymore. A lot of people are like, I'm just, I need traffic. I feel like I'm driving blind. Well, that you know, Adam... uh always would go on and on about how he doesn't understand why radio morning radio shows still do traffic because when have you ever rerouted yourself because of traffic and blah 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 and to me that's actually um and I can say this now because it doesn't matter I think it's a very provincial view because when I lived in Orange County but would be driving to LA I relied on the traffic reports and I always wanted to hear them I think if I I get that if you're driving from one side of Los Angeles to the other you might not need it Mm -hmm. but a lot of people who commute do like the traffic report well i um would flip on knx every morning before i came into work and i wouldn't i drove like 10 miles but if the hollywood freeway is closed and it often was yeah you need to know that so yeah i'm not going to mention maybe the stall on the 60 freeway westbound when you get into montebello but Mm -hmm. if the 60s closed i will tell you and that's a good thing to know so when the big sig alerts happen i think they're vital i really do and i don't know where else you're going to get that i mean i cannot do ways on my phone while I'm driving. 
It's just like texting or any like I'm not I don't think anybody's good enough to really do it. I right. know people do it, but I think that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really short sighted. Yeah. Um, just from what I've heard from listeners and I've had listeners over the years say, thank God you told me that I, you know, got to work 20 minutes early because I wasn't stuck in that or. Right. I think the other thing I was going to say when I lost my yeah. train of thought before was and, and you've already touched on this, but just in both situations, underestimating the listener's relationship with the personalities on air. Yes. And not, you know, maybe if they had a, a, a greater sense of how people would feel betrayed and let down, then they could have preempted it a bit by, I don't exactly know how, but certainly not doing this thing where it's just like, we're just going to make a small change, which is a huge change, and then carry on as if nothing happened, which is what everyone's like, no, wait a minute. And I actually think for a lot of people, it triggers childhood stuff that so many people dealt with of like, it's like our parents, people have said that to me, it's like our parents breaking up. That makes sense. I've never thought of that, but it kind of explains the passion a little bit. Yes. Yeah, like daddy, yeah, someone wrote that to me. It's like daddy went out and got a new wife yes, and said, I heard this is too. your new mommy. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> and and I don't want to hear anything about it. Right. Yeah. And Allie, I mean, she came out on Monday. And as far as I know, nothing was said. She was just there. Yeah, see, that's it's so even a soap opera will say the part of so-and-so is now being played by. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Poor girl. I feel bad for her. Yeah. Not terrible. She has a job, but still, <laughs> I feel kind of bad for her. Yeah, it was just very mishandled. And I mean, one of the things they said was, um, and I, I imagine this is how it happened. It's probably Monday or Tuesday, that contract with Allie was signed. And then lawyers came in and management came in and they said, okay, that's it. She's gone. We're bringing an alley. She's going to start on Monday. And there probably was some, whoa, 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 wait. And it was out of their control by then. Now, I do believe that they had a say in whether I was gone. I, some people have suggested online, don't get mad at them. It was a management decision. Do you, when sure you they say they, do you mean Kevin and Bean? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's their show. Right. So I don't know whose idea it was initially. It could have been Kevin Weatherly's. I don't know. But there's no way that... They all went, no, no, no. And then this happened. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that's not how it happens. I mean, when we would have guests, Kevin Bean and Ralph would all vote. And, um, you know, it was two against one. If that was the case, then the two one, it was a democracy. So at least two people, I think, must have voted yes, along with management. You, you didn't get a guest vote? I didn't get a vote. Did no, you want one? I never did. <laughs> You know, I had a Maybe opinions. that was your first sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that a few times. Um, and I certainly had opinions about some of them. Some of them I didn't know who they were. But um, yeah, I never did get a vote. That's kind of sad. See, maybe it's better this way. Right. Yeah, they, they didn't appreciate you. I don't think they did. <laughs> um, okay, so how, and you, I'm sure, don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering if you have thoughts <laughs> okay. about it. How long do you imagine these conversations have been happening? Because I know for me, one of the hard parts is thinking about all the conversations that happened ahead of the decision to get rid of me and then thinking, oh, when we traveled to San Jose, for sure, this every, you know, the decision had already been made. I mean, in my case, I believe the decision, I was fired in December and my hunch is that the decision was made back in August because, wow. Yeah. Because I, um, you know, Adam's wife and I were always very friendly or so I thought. Yeah. 
And there was one time that uh, she was in the studio and this was in August and I, I went to go give her a hug and she acted like she didn't know me. Sort of. It was like very cold. And and the thing is, she had been taking a nap in the back room. Mm-hmm. And so I just attributed it to she must have just woken up. But it always was like that was a really weird thing. And yeah. if nothing weird ever happened after that, I never would have given it another thought. But when I look back, I think, oh, she was dis- – there was a distance every time I saw her since then, you know, ever since then. And I can just – when I add up other things, I just suspect – the decision was kind of made back in August and they waited till they had a chance. Um, Isn't that a creepy thought yeah. that they're, I mean, I understand why Lynette would do that because it would feel so hypocritical to know and be just as friendly and right. sweet to you. That's a tough position to be in. Yeah. So I would understand her doing that. It does make perfect sense. But to think that they knew or were talking about it all that time and no one ever said anything to you and that was happening behind your back and right. I have thought about what those di- you know all of the things that you in your head think badly about you mm-hmm. those are the things that come up like I go oh I never had a good idea for the show <laughs> I never whatever I didn't contribute enough or I didn't I didn't try to jump in I'll tell you on that show it's it is very hard to get a word in edgewise. Like Bean is an amazing interviewer, mm-hmm. but the only time you could possibly jump in is when it went, <gasps> and that was it. And if you weren't really fast, you were out. Right. Um, but it's like, I should have jumped in more. I should have, I don't know, something. So all those little things that I have insecurities about immediately jumped into my mind like, well, this is why, and this mm-hmm. is why, and I suck, and that's why it's amazing I was there that long, <laughs> you know? And that's that's the ugly part. And I I have to imagine that it started probably before Christmas. I I can't imagine. I I would imagine if they wanted her, Mm -hmm. then probably after she filled in for Ralph, that's when the wheels started turning. That's when convers. I don't know, but I think that's when conversations started. They certainly wouldn't want to wait because she could get another job. She was filling in with Adam (laughs) and she was everywhere. So, you know, (laughs) who knows where she would end up. So if they really wanted her, I imagine they jumped on it. Mm -hmm. And that probably, you know, was happening over the holidays and through January and into February. And um, I don't think I think the only people who would have known about that would have been Kevin Bean and maybe Ralph. Right. Um, nobody, none of the su- support staff would have been in on that. Like they had a meeting the Tuesday that I found out that Nick was filling in for me the day before I got fired. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, we got to go see Weatherly. And I was like, what's it about? Oh, we don't know. Well, clearly <laughs> it was about letting me go. Yeah. It was obviously the final nail in my coffin. And, you know, they were the only people that went into that meeting. So I don't think anybody else was aware of it, but I have to assume that it probably started before the end of the year. Who are you most disappointed with? Oh, that's a good question. I think, and it's not about the, the letting me go again. It's about the way it was handled. I think I have to say Kevin and Bean because, you know, it is their show. And they and, and Ralph, I, I think Ralph kind of went off and mm. and um, his personal reaction to the listener reaction really inflamed things more. And it made me he wrote me a really nice email. I just he just sent it yesterday. Oh, that's nice. But it was nice. Um, I had already Kevin the day that I got let go that evening. He wrote me an email and, and Bean put a card in the mail. And I have spoken to him on the phone since then. Mm-hmm. And I exchanged emails with Kevin. But I just heard from Ralph yesterday. 
Um, and and it said, you know, I don't know where people got the idea that I was the one responsible for this. I just want you to know personally, you know, it wasn't my idea. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that means that he wasn't, you know, in favor of the change, because I think one of the things that appealed to him about Allie is um, that she, I, I've heard that she does like voices or something. And so maybe she could interact with him more um, when he, because he's the guy that always does the voices. Maybe right. that would be someone he could play off of, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he would love. So I have to think that he was in favor of that. Um, well, and people have um, brought up that he tweeted something positive about her back in September. I yeah, I saw, saw that. that and then I she saw it's like, somebody so. give her a job. Right. You know, yeah. KTLA to hire her back. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which so, doesn't mean anything necessarily yeah. other than he was a fan of hers. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, that's a hard question to answer. I guess I'm just disappointed in them letting it get away from them like it did. I'm a little disappointed that they didn't trust me to talk to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that it would have changed anything, but I think I would have felt better. And people have suggested, wouldn't it have been nice if you could have said goodbye, even yeah. if you were being let go? Because one of the things I said in um, an interview I did in print was online, was um, other people have left the show. This was something Bean pointed out. I think that people have left the show and um, gone on to great things. And, and that's what happens on this show, which is true. But all of those people left because they got great jobs and went on to better things and um, have all been welcomed back. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have the Weenie Roast and, and Acoustic Christmas, um, Psycho Mike Catherwood comes back and introduces bands. And, you know, um, Matt Money Smith is on the show as a guest. Jimmy, they talk to Jimmy all the time. Like, I'm never going to be invited back unless, I don't know, I write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like I get to go to April Foolishness. Right. And, and like, hey, Hey, I used to work there and I'm still welcome here. I'm going to mm-hmm. introduce an act. It's, you know, it's like I, um, I feel like I can't walk back into that building. Right. It would be so uncomfortable. Like I've left in disgrace, though I but didn't see, do anything. I, yeah, I don't understand why. I mean, in my situation, it, it turned sort of acrimonious. Um, I think because Adam felt so, my hunch is it because he felt so, uh, you know, under the gun from the listener outrage. Attacked. Yeah. So yes. he's like, you know, was trying to present a, a narrative that then made it okay for him to have done what he did, which I have all sorts of issues with that. Yeah. But in your case, that never happened. So why the disgrace? Just because I've been fired. And I know that I, I mean, there was a show that um, I had expressed interest in. We had a guest um, and they were like, they're going to do this show at the Ricardo Montalban Theater and we're all going to go. Do you want to go? Yes. Save me a ticket. Well, that came up after after I was fired and I thought, I wonder if anyone's going to email me and go, Hey, we've got a ticket. You are welcome. Why don't you come? Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't happen. It's like, I'm just done. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they like Kevin has been very kind and Bean has been very kind and Ralph has been very kind. No one has said a bad word about me at all. Um, and that's lovely. And I, and I don't want to, it's not that I'm saying bad things about them. I just think it was fumbled very badly and they're professionals they you know they get this and it just it was very poorly done but yeah when you get let go you I mean you're they're just not gonna it's not gonna happen hey here's Lisa and Allie introducing (laughs) this band it's right that's just not gonna happen it's not that they want me to feel disgraced it's just that I mean that's just what happens when you get let go right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's just too uncomfortable. There are people there that I will have lunch with down the road, but I'm not going to meet them at the station. 
Right. It's just too weird. Right. And you said that you felt like the program director was never really in your corner. Yeah. What no, made you I feel just, that way? I don't, you know, I think, um, I think he didn't think I was K-Rock material. And what do you think is like, um, K-Rock material? Like I didn't go see bands all the time. I wasn't, um, cool enough or something, (laughs) you know? Um, I just, uh, yeah, I think I didn't fit that mold, but I wasn't a jock on the air either. That Mm -hmm. wasn't really my role to begin with Mm -hmm. was to be like the super, super music fan who knew everything about all the bands that. That wasn't me, right. and I don't think that was necessary. Kevin and Bean certainly were huge music fans and covered that. But I don't know. Um, there was something that was said to me a couple of years ago about um, don't talk so much during the showbiz reports, like just a little less from you, because if I don't tell you that, then Kevin Weatherly is going to tell you, and you, it might turn out badly. Who who I'm not gonna say, okay. but someone, someone said that to me, and and it was really it wasn't like don't say anything, but more like um, if if Ralph says uh, this movie came out last week, um, don't say I saw it, or don't like don't just chime in like mm-hmm. that. If you have something really to say, say it. But otherwise, you know, be quiet. Right? How did that make you feel? Terrible. Yeah. And I was quiet. And then people started emailing me like, where are you? Why aren't you saying anything? And I said, because I was told not to, you know, right. and that was a thing. And then eventually it was like, could you not say that anymore? On could you not and... say that you were told not yes, to? Right. Yes. So I just let it die. When did this all happen? It probably happened two and a half, three years ago mm-hmm. that I remember it means it kind of stuck in my head. Right. Well, sure. I mean, I just sitting Sitting a few feet away from you, I feel shamed hearing that. Even <laughs> it was shamed kind of not the, creepy. Right the word, but I feel like I don't know. Yeah, it just makes you go. Oh, I know. There is a thing about, and you know, with your podcast, you have several people. There is a thing about you don't want everyone talking at the same time because right. people cannot hear what's being said. Um, and so we were always sort of being warned about try not to cross everybody. Talk. Ju- yeah, exactly. That's the word. Cross. You're such a professional. Try not to cross talk. And so maybe it was partly that. You know, I always try to find the like the reason other than I just say nonsense and nobody <laughs> wants to hear it and shut up. Um oh, so, I think it's clear that's not any sort of reason. No, I, I, I think don't think so that's either, not really, true based yeah. on the reaction of everyone. Yeah. So Yeah. So but so and 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 that was sort of pointed at like that's what Weatherly wants. So that's kind of uh, that's where I sort of get that feeling. But and it then was, he blocked me from coming over for quite a while. I don't think he really wanted me. Oh. They wanted me to, but I don't think he did. So that took several years longer than um, from when it was first discussed. Do you think it has to do? I don't know him at all, and I actually feel like I probably shouldn't even be asking this, lest my path ever cross with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're great. I don't know you, but no. Um, do you think that it had anything to do with the fact that you weren't like? Does he want his personal hires in there? Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, he's great at his job. He's one of the best program directors. And he was always really nice to me. I'm not saying that he wasn't. I'm just I'm just guessing that he um, he just wasn't my biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that was part of it. I, I think it maybe had more to do with um, it was a fresh voice. And it's someone who comes with, I, I, honestly, I don't know how many friends Ali has on Facebook and Twitter but from KTLA she's got a I think she's a decent following, following. Yeah. yeah 
Um, so that's a big that's a big plus. And if you are worried about new competition in the market, it's not the dumbest move, mm-hmm. you know. So um, when um, Nick, that's his name, right, said he was filling in for you, you instantly suspected you were being fired, right? Well, at first I thought, and the reason I called Dave was um, Kevin and Bean are being inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame in April. And I thought, well, they got the dates mixed up. That's mm-hmm. what's going on. So when I called him, I thought, well, I just need to you know, straighten this out because Nick's confused or whatever. Uh, but as soon as he said, I was told to do it. Yeah. What made you instantly know? It just made no sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I control my schedule. I'm the one who would call Nick right. to have him fill Nobody else does that. I do that. I handle all of that. So it made no sense at all that somebody else would do it. And I just, and I don't think I'm that intuitive of a person. So the <laughs> fact that I figured all this stuff out is kind of amazing to me. In your 25 years prior, had you ever worried about getting fired or thought maybe it was going to happen? No, I figured every... I mean, when you're in radio, you always worry about being fired, but I thought we'd all get fired. I was always worried that uh, the show was going to end and we would all lose our jobs. It never occurred to me that it would just be me. Mm-hmm. But um, I was always ready to, and people would say, what's your plan B? And I never had a plan B, but I figured we were all, you know, it's just like, it's going to happen. The ratings are going to go down or Kevin, like Bean, who says he's not accident prone, has terrible accidents all the time (laughs) things happen to him I was like one of these guys is not going to be able to continue for some (laughs) crazy reason whatever it is and that's going to be the end of the show Mm -hmm. um so I always kind of felt like that's what would happen and I I was amazed we made it this far honestly but no it never in a million years occurred to me it would just be me right never thought that um so I listened to Kevin and Bean and Ralph discuss uh, what happened. But I think what I listened to was after what you had talked about when they talked, when they spoke on air, what I heard was like, I think they did another, yeah, right. They did. they did another lap. Yeah. Um, talking about how they wished that they could have spoken to you about it. Yeah. Um, and it all happened much faster than, than they expected that it was going to. What is your reaction to that? And how did you feel about that? I, I believe that. I don't think they were, um, privy to the day-to-day negotiations and um i i don't think those negotiations are quick and so i imagine that uh, they did take several months to happen and it probably boom it was signed and i don't think they expected management to say okay that's our last day Mm -hmm. um i think they must have thought they were going to have a heads up and be able to handle it right in some way. I don't know how much they thought about how they were going to do it. Honestly, there's no perfect way that this would have gone at all, but yeah. it, it could have been done better. But yeah, no, I, I totally believe that that is what happened, that mm-hmm. they were um, surprised one day and told that's it and this is done and we're moving forward. And then um, Ralph spoke and he did sound a little defensive, which I, I do understand, though. Sure. You know, if yeah, he's he was, getting a lot of if a lot of people are taking it out on him, I can understand right. um, why he would feel defensive at the same time. As I was listening, I was thinking it'd be better if he didn't sound a little defensive, even though I do totally get it. But yeah. he also spoke at length about feeling bad for Allie. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I bet Lisa's hardcore fans aren't loving the amount of time that's being spent talking about how difficult this must be for Allie. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I I mean, I do feel bad that Ralph has sort of been pegged with 
this whole thing by some people. Mm. I'm sure that it wasn't Ralph that said, hey, everybody, this is what we should do. Um, uh, but but I think by virtue of his initial reaction, that's why some people got the idea yeah. that he was responsible. Um, and I had heard, I don't know if this is true, but I'd heard that even just sort of not super angry comments, but even comments that were just like hashtag bring Lisa back were getting blocked. So he was just sort of like anybody right. saying anything like that about me. That's what I heard. I can't swear to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I Kevin kind of took the right path, which was just to let it all go. So one thing he said to me um, when we were emailing is, I've already decided that whatever you say on social media um, is not going to be challenged by me because I'm sure whatever you say is true and deserved and, you know, oh, really have nice. at it. Yeah, it was very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, and and that's what he's done. And I think that was probably the best way to do it. Or just say, I know we miss her. I don't know. I don't know exactly the way, but I think defensive was probably the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. And he did come back the following week and, and apologize for that and say, I just, I you know, reacted badly and I was taking it too personally. And he's probably said that stuff about Allie because Allie's probably in there really upset. Right. I mean, I think she got some really angry, really angry. Reactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was probably hard. So he was probably trying to comfort her in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, in those first couple days when you went radio silent, how were you feeling? I think just numb. I really, um, I don't think I was feeling anything. Just um, would stunned. Stunned is a good word. word. Yeah, yeah. Stunned and numb, and um, I did sleep in, which was fantastic. <laughs> that was the best. What was like, your schedule before? <laughs> I was usually up at a quarter to four, and oh, wow. at work. Um, you know, as a girl, it takes longer to get, of course, ready for work than a guy. Um, so yeah, and I would leave at five, and we would go on the air at five thirty, mm-hmm. and then we were there. We'd go off the air a little before 10, and then we'd have a meeting. And um, usually we were all out the door by 11, 11, 15 at the latest, which sounds like a sweet schedule, except when you're trying to get to bed by 8, yeah, which is what I really, really tried to do. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get eight hours of sleep <laughs> is really hard. And my boyfriend doesn't go to bed until like 9.30, so just as I'm dropping off, then he comes in, right. and I wake up, and it just you never felt like you got enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like a hamster on a wheel. You know, you go on vacation and finally <sighs> relax and then boom, back on the wheel. Right. So there's, um, I thought, my next job, I don't know if I want to do mornings again. It's hard. That's what it's I've heard. Tough. That's what Adam would say. You never get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a do. morning person, but right. nobody's a quarter to four mm-hmm. morning person. No, that's like a night owl, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is exactly. a quarter to four person. Um, okay, so you slept in and you felt stunned. And then yeah. uh, when did it start to sink in? Has it? Has it really sunk in? Because for me, it's been a real delayed thing of like, oh, I think I'm just starting to feel. I didn't think maybe I thought I was going to skate by this whole thing without actually feeling a lot of stuff about it. I was surprised. Yeah. But I was just going and I was just coasting on this momentum. Well, and did you find I think you said this. In fact, you found yourself on like social media so much more than you normally are. And the first few days I was on like two, three hours a day, which I never do. I couldn't. 
Um, I, I spend a fair amount of time on there, but I felt like I couldn't even keep up with all the nice Mm-mm. comments. Yeah. Some all access, I think it's all access media, uh, wrote something initially and mm-hmm. put my email address on there and they said, is it okay? And I said, yeah. And I have not yet answered all of those emails and I'm going to answer all of them. I'm pretty close, but I couldn't keep up. I, yeah. I mean, that's a terrible problem to have. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's kind of, so I think that was very distracting. It still is. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think the other shoe is going to is gonna fall at some point. And it's going to be like, wow. Have you cried about it? I know you said that you cried a little that day. I did in the first few days. I really haven't since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, the, the listeners, it has been, as you know, it just lifts you up. It really does. I mean, they just say these amazing, wonderful things. And it's like, wow, maybe, like I said uh, the other day, you guys make me feel like I have a place on the air and um and i belong here and it wasn't a fluke or a mistake and things will turn out okay and um i'm sure there will be bumps along the way as i try to figure out what i want to do next and if anyone will let me do what i want to do <laughs> next that's the bigger question i have ideas but will someone let me do it i don't know but well, i'm i'm going to fight for it what do you think you want to do well i'd love to stay in radio i mean that's um I just love it. I I compared it to theater because anything can happen in radio, you know, and that was always the beauty of the Kevin and Bean show was um, they tend to pull back the curtain. And so when things went wrong and went terribly wrong, it was all on the air. And I think that's what people loved about it was that they felt like they were really a part of it. And I think that's what I love about radio. Um, so I think I would like to do a show. Um have a co-host I don't know I don't know if it would be a male or female I kind of think I'd like a female Mm -hmm. I don't hear any shows like that in LA and there's a whole group of us that I think are being ignored yeah um and I think um that's a slot that I could fill so I don't know we'll see that's exciting it is it is all right, so let's for a second talk about a friend of the show and then when we come back let's Uh, get into a little more of sort of where you grew up and how you got into radio and all of that. But do you like Vegas? Say yes, please. I love Vegas. Well, perfect then. (laughs) I recommend that if you're going to be booking any sort of trip to Vegas, go to Vegas.com because Vegas.com is not just any old travel site. Everyone at Vegas.com lives in Vegas, works in Vegas, plays in Vegas. So they know Vegas inside out and they know how to get you the best deals. And they have a proprietary drop watch tool, which gets you the lowest rates on hotels. Um, So the drop watch tool continues to monitor the price even after you book and notifies you of changes to ensure you get the best deal and you'll get the best price guarantee even after you've paid. Vegas.com also offers the best rates on not just hotels, but headliner shows, tours, attractions, VIP, bottle service at top clubs, etc. So I don't know if you're like me, whenever I'm in Las Vegas, I could be having the best time, but I'm looking around and I'm like, I know there are people here who are having a better time than I am and they're paying less. It becomes like a word problem of like, if you somehow just crunch all the variables, you can have an amazing, amazing trip for not that much money, but I don't know how to get that. Well, now I do. Vegas. They do. Com. Look, I don't want to interrupt this. No, please do. But I'm telling you, I've been on that website and they have experiences I never knew about. Yeah. 
tons of stuff to do that you're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Why has no one ever told me? I've been here 20 times. I've never heard right, of this. Right, because they're insiders yes. and they know. You guys go to Vegas.com right now, click on the microphone in the top right corner and enter my code best friend to receive an extra 10% off everything but air hotel packages. That's Vegas.com. Click on the microphone and get your bonus savings by using my secret code best friend book today. All right. Lisa May. Well done. Um, I know you're from Orange County. Did you, uh, were you born in Orange County? Born in Inglewood. Okay. And then when did you move to Orange County? Um, in, <clears throat> let's see, I think I was like 12 when we moved. And, um, you know, I, I was one of those kids, like we grew up with um, all our friends our whole lives. And mm-hmm. when we moved, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know how to make a friend. I ate lunch by myself for like a year. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Just like now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. It's like you're peeking in my living room. <laughs> yes, I remember this girl came from Canada and we didn't really like each other that much, but we were the two people who were new and didn't know how to make friends. And so mm. we ate lunch together sometimes. 12 is a hard age to uh, yes. start over. You my feel memory so is weird then. Kids aren't that friendly. Kids aren't that friendly to begin with at any age, but especially at 12, that's a, a especially mean girl yes. kind of time. Yes, it was a rough time. And mm. then it got better when I got into high school. We talked about it. I went to Estancia in yes. Costa Mesa. We Right before we started, we talked because yeah, we're from we're from neighboring towns, yep. and I have a lot of friends who went to your high school. So you went to Estancia. Wait, what was the name of the school you went to before Estancia? Uh, T Winkle. T Winkle. That's the, you know right? T Winkle. I do. Oh I, I've God. been to T Winkle Pond. I, a couple of my best friends went to T Winkle. Okay, so then you uh, <clears throat> went to Estancia High School, and then I didn't know what to do. So I actually ended up at Orange Coast College. Okay. I did that for two years. OCC. You know, I had done um, speech club. Did you have speech club in high school? We did, yeah. I did that in high school, and I was awesome at it. (laughs) Of course you were. I went to the state tournament when I was a freshman, and it was amazing. And I was like, how does anybody make money at this? (laughs) I don't know. So I guess I'll be a business major. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, I went to Cal State Fullerton for my last two years, and I was a business major. What did you think you were going (laughs) to do with that? Um, I had no idea. And I ended up working in my voice is weird right now. That's, that happens to me Sorry. all the time. It does totally to me. Okay. I wonder if it's since oh, I shouldn't say that. I don't know why. But it's happened <laughs> recently, like the last what six to say. We, we have golden retrievers. And oh. I only moved in with my boyfriend a year ago. And um, I don't know. I just wonder if it's the hair. Right. Or Maybe it's Wendy. Is no, it's it not Wendy. Wendy. It Wendy's could be Wendy because it happens to me. Did, did it not happen to you in the studio? It ever? did. Oh, it's okay. been a problem. All right. Yeah, it's been a problem. So um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I I was working at a bank as a teller part-time while Mm -hmm. I went to school, and they had this job on what they call the money desk. Well, how can you not want to work at the money desk? Right. So I I did that. Maria Bartiromo would be right there. (laughs) I don't. Oh, from CNN? Mm -hmm. Yes. The money honey. Oh, yeah. Um, So I did that, and it was actually kind of a brokering job for the bank. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did that for a couple of years. We got fired. It's a whole thing. That's when I got fired. Right. Now, was that one an an upsetting firing as well? It was. We we did a bad thing. We um, brought money into the bank. We were bringing in money so that they could lend it to mm-hmm. people who wanted to have home loans. Well, there was all this competition for interest rates and our bank never wanted to give us high interest rates. So right. it was hard to bring in the money and that's how you made commission. So we um, ended up 
arbitraging the money. So we brought in money at a higher rate than they were supposed to, but then we reinvested it in a bank in Maryland at an even higher rate. So the bank was actually making money on the money, except that the Maryland institutions were state um, insured, not federally insured. And that's when all the banks started to fail. Oh, so we ended up followed 30% of that, but it sounds interesting (laughs) and also illegal. I don't know. It was or risky. Well, we shouldn't have done it. That's for sure. And we didn't have the okay to do it. And the bank ended up with, I don't know, three or four hundred thousand dollars tied up in a bank in Maryland that they couldn't get to for I don't know how long. You didn't have the okay from the people whose money it was or from the bank? From the bank. Okay. We just did it. Because you actually were making money for people, but you weren't supposed to be doing it in that way. Right. Right. And if we were going to arbitrage, we should have done it in federally insured institutions. Not, But of course, we went to Maryland because they had the highest rates because people would take a risk putting money there. So Mm -hmm. that's how we got fired. Deservedly so. So was it a bunch of you who got fired? Just two of us. Okay. It, the money desk was only like four people. It wasn't right. big. And um, and then several months later, my friend who also got fired got a job for us at a brokerage that um, did the same thing, but they were an actual brokerage institution. So they had banks that they got money from and they had banks that they put money into and savings and loans and credit unions. Um, so we did that for a couple of years and I just hated it. Why? It's sales. Mm -hmm. And just because you're kind of a bubbly person, people think you're good at sales. I don't like to ask people for things. I don't like to push them to do stuff for me. Just not good at it. Right. So um, I decided to get into radio because I figured it's the closest thing to speech club. (laughs) Your true passion. (laughs) My true passion. And I started going to, it's not there anymore, but there was a school called Los Angeles Broadcasters. In Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I would drive up after work. Um, You know, brokers get off at like two in the afternoon. So I'd get on the freeway. And two hours later, I was in downtown (laughs) LA in Hollywood. And I started going to this school. And um, eventually, I got a job at Metro Traffic off air doing um, like producing traffic. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, so I quit the brokerage. And then I had to go to work part-time as a cocktail waitress at Victoria's Station up at Universal Studios because they paid me $8 an hour right. at the traffic place. A real and, living wage. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for several years, and then um, eventually I was able to get on the air. How? There was this little country station in Orange County called Kick FM, and they wanted a female. And there weren't any available. And I had been, Paul Johnson, I don't know if you know that name. He uh, used to do traffic on Channel 4 I and KBC. I um, He passed away several years ago, but he ran the, the office then. And he's, he was big in the town. Um, I would give him cassettes of me doing <laughs> traffic reports every week. I'd sit in my little Hollywood apartment and go, on the 405 freeway, right? It's a Pulpit Boulevard. I would listen to people doing the reports and then uh-huh. like do reports and give them to him. Was there something about traffic that appealed to you? Or was it because you were working at Metro Traffic that you were... You know, it's funny. I think it's just that was the way in. But um, at the end of the day, I became very passionate about traffic. (laughs) I still am. Like if I start to see a backup on the freeway, I get so excited. It's like, oh, my God, I think that's one. No, I think that's right. Two lanes are blocked. That's a three mile backup. Oh, my God. I mean, I just get really worked up about it. You are the only person who's excited when you see cars backing up. (laughs) Well, it's usually on the other side. Yeah, I'm not stuck in it. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, oh, those poor people. Yeah, so um, so this this Kick FM needed a female, and they literally put um, a, a little radio on the the window 
with the antenna up <laughs> and I plugged into it and I had a little microphone and I was producing traffic for everybody else. And then I would turn into the corner and do my traffic report and then go back to producing. <laughs> and I've heard some of those tapes and my voice was way up here, <laughs> super high. And um, it was an interesting experience because the guy I was doing traffic for um, had been around for a long, long time. It was a country station. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got more comfortable with it, we started like playing a little bit more. And um, at some point, he called me and said, listen, this is my show. <laughs> and it, the message was, don't do funnier lines than me. Wow. Essentially. And I've run into that elsewhere mm-hmm. um and that was the beautiful thing about the kevin and bean show they have never i mean that's why a jimmy kimmel could thrive there because if you were funny and talented there was no jealousy there was no hey we're the guys we mm-hmm. get the best line it was always do it it makes the show better go for it right. and that's what i loved about that show because there were a lot of jocks that felt threatened by somebody yeah you said that you ran into that elsewhere yeah, there where were a couple else? of other stations, smaller stations, mm-hmm. like not in LA, but on the outskirts where um, I was kind of like told. Ex- so ex- where they explicitly told you to yeah, turn it down? Actually, or to- yeah. It's like I, I get the funny lines. Mm-hmm. Who would say that? Uh, that's just amazing Ugh. to me. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. It's very old school. Ego. Right. Big, big ego. And insecurity. And insecurity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um so uh, eventually somebody didn't show up for work because of a flat tire and I jumped on the air to do his shift that day mm-hmm. and ended up getting it. You know how they say in radio, they say, don't go on vacation, yeah. don't get sick. And I felt bad, but they were like, you've got a female there that's available. I think it was more that I was just a female because all <laughs> of the jocks are men and they mm-hmm. want to sort of kibitz with the girl and a traffic reporter is a free sidekick. Right. And it, it turned out that traffic was an amazing backdoor into L.A. radio because people I went to school with had to go to Fresno to get on the air or God knows where, mm-hmm. but not L.A. They were never going to get a start in L.A. And I was able to, I ended up on Power 106 within a year of starting at the traffic, you know, with, um, I don't know if you remember, um, what's his name, Thomas, um, Jay Thomas. Right. Oh, right. Yes. I was Lease Alert. and I was uh, Aaron Wyatt on KMPC Uh Um, God don't get your names confused then I was on an urban station K-Ace and I was Judy Starbuck I had all these different names they just um, I guess they didn't want it to be the same person Uh and it was interesting because you'd find yourself sort of slipping into that persona like on a country station I was different than I was on KMPC which was sort of like older people easy listening music than I was on Jay Thomas's show and you just kind of learn to adapt your style to the different people so it was really good training. Did you ever bring the wrong personality to the show? No but I did bring (laughs) the wrong name. I did a couple of times slip and and luckily one day I think it was on K-Ace I used the wrong name and and I was like, oh, it's April Fool's. <laughs> like my heart. And once I was doing traffic on KNX and I did the KGIL out cue. Uh-huh. And there's oh, like geez. this silence. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. That's, but I'm sure everyone's done it. That's so interesting. I didn't, and maybe, maybe, I don't know if other people know this or not. I wasn't aware that you use all those different names. I don't think people do it as much anymore. Right. But um, yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it was, it was strange. And I had like, I had little 
things all over my booth, like out cues and names. And so and I just know which way to look to for each station. And you had a clock and like mm-hmm. at 10 and 15, you had to be at this station. And like with KLAC, um, there was a little red light that I would push and it would come on in their studio. So they knew I was ready because um, I think at the time it was K-Rock that kept butting up against them because they would keep me on longer than they were really supposed to. And then I would be late for KLAC. So we hooked up a red light so they would know when I was right. there. But it was, um, I mean, it was... It was crazy. It would be like a crazy four hours. And then they'd throw you like a Ventura station. Like, I don't know Ventura at all. <laughs> and, and, and you'd get out maps. And there wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't really a lot of information even t- for you to do the traffic. Well, yeah, I was um, going to say, how would you do it? I know on, on television news, there'll be a helicopter you go up in. Right, right. Um, well, I'll tell you, when I first started, um, it was scanners. We listened to police scanners. And it's weird how good you would get at hearing what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And they're just doing um, initial dispatch. So someone would call and say, I'm on the northbound five at Lancashire, and a, there's a crash in the right lane. And, you know, half the time, they didn't really know where they were. They were actually on the south five, or it wasn't <laughs> really at Lancashire, And we'd go on the air and report it. And then later, someone would come on and say, okay, it's actually at the... And then we'd report that. But it was all just police scanners. And then eventually, um, CHP, had this CAD system where they inputted it into the computers. So we had access to that. Mm -hmm. So we would get that and we had airborns up. um, So we'd get their information. We had cars out on the road driving around giving us information, which, you know, mostly it's, oh, I I don't know why, but I'm stuck on the North Five. (laughs) I can't move. Okay, well, I'll tell that. Um, And then listeners would call in and have tips. So we had all these different different um sources of information mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot better it's still not it's never going to be perfect because traffic changes so fast right you know five minutes later after you said the 60s great someone stalls and everything stops so you just do the best you can but it is good for sig alerts do you and i didn't expect i was going to ask you about this but since you're here i have to okay Having done traffic for as long as you have, do you feel like traffic is getting worse? Because everyone in LA feels like it is, but is that is that true? Yeah. It is, okay. It is true. I think maybe four years ago they said, um, I think the statistic was in another 10 years we're going to have another million cars on the road. And so now we're halfway there. And yeah, it's like the 405 was not always a no-go. Mm-hmm. And now there's no, there was a drive time. There was a time when you really could, if you avoided morning drive and afternoon drive, you could get places. And now on the 405, especially through the Sepulveda Pass, it's always jammed. The Hollywood Freeway southbound seems like it's always jammed. So yeah, it's definitely worse. When I run into traffic on the weekend, I always think, what? I thought the weekend was that supposed to be the freebie time. Yes. But it's not. Not at all. There still seems to be rush hour on the weekend or just constant congestion. And what about going up the Hollywood Freeway on a Thursday night at 1130? Yeah. It's like, how is this? What What? is going on? (laughs) (laughs) What are you people doing? Where are you going? I don't understand. No. And I discovered... When I was living in Orange County, but commuting to Glendale, oh, I can God. make it about two hours in a car, but beyond two hours, I begin to lose my mind and I really, really need to pee. But that's oh, like anything gosh. beyond two hours, I begin to get like, I'm going to, I'm going to eat my arm off. I can't do this anymore. My, and it always took longer than two hours. It would take long. Oh, that's a horrible Well, commute. yeah, because we would record at seven or eight. So I would leave at like five there was unless I wanted to leave. in the morning. No, no, no. This oh. is in the evening. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's even worse. 
That's even worse. Yeah. So I think if I had wanted to drive up around 1 p.m. or something, then I would avoid traffic. But what am I going to do for all those hours? Yeah. Yeah. I only did that for about eight months, which was a long eight months. But then I got a place up here. That was very smart of you. Oh, my God. Yeah. My biggest fear is getting stuck in... In, behind a cigarette where they've closed a freeway or most of a freeway because I have to pee every 30 minutes. I just do. I don't know I what do I'm too. going to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bladder the size of a pee. That's how I am. It's and It's going to happen, right? By the time I mentioned, so like my husband and I, we were, oh, we were driving back from, no, we were driving, this happened both on our way to Santa Barbara and our, on our way back from Santa Barbara. In the, like the same, the same space of time, it was, I kind of need to pee, and then it was, I really need to pee. Like, yes. By the time I say it, it's already too late. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't get a message from my bladder sooner. I should just set an alert on my phone, because it is pretty regular. Have you noticed, though, this is <laughs> pee talk, people. Have you noticed that if you're really busy, like running a bunch of errands, somehow you can go two hours, mm-hmm. and as soon as you hit the front door, you almost wet your pants? Yes. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Yes. I don't know. I guess it's the distraction. I think so. But when I'm at work or when I was at work, every half hour, like a clock. Yeah. You know, I mean, I drank a lot of liquid too. That was part of it. But right. Yeah. It, right. I don't know. The car is brutal. And I know I know I should put something in there. Like a like a. Is it, there something? A diaper? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a thought. Um, there used to be a thing called Easy Pee. And it was like a cup. And then it got real, f- someone gave it to me, I think it was for camping. So you could, cause I can never do the thing by the tree. Like it just, right. it's a no, mess. Well, the problem with the thing by the that. tree is that there's no way to wipe yourself. Well, there's that too. But I also think like aim is not, I don't yeah, know. And no. I, I don't really squat well. So I don't know. It never worked for me. So the easy pee thing, you could like cup and then, and then it would like become a tube at the end. Mm. And so you could kind of just go anywhere. And I don't know what happened to that, but I need a new one. Cause I think that's, if you had that and a bottle. In this day and age of the internet, there's gotta be a way to find easy I'm pee. sure there's something like that now. Yeah. Now chat. <laughs> that's Sorry. Play. No, it is. <laughs> I am constant. You know, I don't think I've spent that much time talking about pee, but all other bodily functions have been covered on oh, this show. Then I yeah. feel good that we have covered You're the at one home. thing. That's right. Um, okay, so you were doing traffic reports for a bunch of different stations with all your different names and various personalities, and then you moved into the K Rock studios. What was that transition like? Um, it's funny because I've told this story before. The first week I wanted to go back to Metro, like I went home and cried. A lot. I've never spent, like, I have one brother and a sister, and I've never spent that much time around a bunch of guys. (laughs) And they, the way they function is very different. Like, women, um, either really like each other or sort of talk about each other behind their back. And if these guys are typical, of guys, and I think they are, they're very right in your face Mm -hmm. about whatever they want to tease you about. Um, and, and before we, before I ever started with Kevin and Bean, we had lunch um, and they kept saying to me, can you take being teased? And I was like, yeah, I can handle it. And I was able to handle it. It was fine because it was done with good humor and love. It was never mean. Um, But when I got there, I realized that men find your weakest point and then they just go for it and they don't stop. They are relentless. Mm -hmm. And, and there was no other woman there. 
And it just, it was too much for me. <laughs> there was no one to talk to and was like, this is horrible. These people are horrible. And this room, like everyone is yelling at each other. And and it, it was no big deal to the guys. But was it was like just, in meetings? Yeah, like in that? meetings. Uh-huh. I mean, they're still that way. Like right. people start to get really like worked up and yelling and, and, um, and, I mean, I've grown a thicker skin to be sure, but at the time I, it was very upsetting and I really didn't want to stay. Mm. Um, and I'd never worked at a radio station and there are politics that go on in radio stations that I had to learn about. And like what? Well, just, you know, there would be, um, uh, there's always some friction between sales and the on-air staff and promotions. Like everybody's trying to get their job done. And um, one person doesn't tell another person about this. And all of a sudden you find out you have to be somewhere, you know, next Friday night and no one told you mm-hmm. or something got canceled. And I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that happens. And we always made the joke that for a, a a radio station, which their job is communications, the lack of communication <laughs> is just stunning. It yeah. really is. But maybe that's every business. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was really hard at first. And then and then over time, I got into the groove of it. And and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was way more fun to be there and meet all the guests and all the stuff that happens behind the scenes was really fun. And the things I, I mentioned this in um, an interview, like the guests would tell us stuff off the air, which was so delicious. It, I mean, <laughs> it's just it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I know this about you. This is amazing. Yeah. And um, that was always fun. And um, no, I had a great time. And, and I always knew I was like, this is an amazing job. I am so lucky to have this job. And people would kill for this job. And I never took that for granted. I, I knew how lucky I was. I had that too. Yeah, I had that too. Um, but for me, and I'm wondering if you had this for me, I did have this sense, though, that I probably shouldn't be here forever because there are other things I want to do. Yet on my own, I don't think unless the next thing comes along and finds me, I don't think I will walk away from this job because it is such a great opportunity. So in a way, it kind of kicked me into this next part of my life, which I'm still figuring out what it is. Right. Um, Like gave me a kick that I... Maybe I'll look back. No, actually, I know I'll look back and I'll, I don't think I'll ever look back and think that was handled well. Um, I will always think it was not handled well, but I will look back and think that was a good thing ultimately that happened in my life. Um, was there a part of you that thought, you know, I would like to probably try something else down the road? Yes. I mean, it's exactly how you feel. It was, I would never, ever leave this job. This is an amazing job. Who would ever walk away from this? <clears throat> but um, at the same time, over the last five or six years, my interests have developed in other areas. And I now I have the opportunity to explore that stuff. Because mm-hmm. some of the things that I'm really interested in would never fit on the Kevin and Bean show. Um, and now I have that opportunity. And I, I think I feel the same way as you. I never would have left, but it will probably at the end of the day, I will say this was a good thing for me. It, it like pushed me out of the nest mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to work a little harder in some ways and really figure out what it is I want to do and make it happen, which yeah. is super scary, Yeah, but also really good. And I know that you were asked in, um, in uh, the online interview that you mentioned, if they, I think it was there that I read if they offered you the job would you come back no 
They never offer it, number one. That's just a non-starter. They've got Alley. They've got a contract. I'm sure that they're, you know, moving forward with it. Um, I don't even know that they regret it at all. They may they may not. They're just like waiting for the storm to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I would not go back. It's um, – I want to do different things now. Right. You know, it kind of just let my mind fly and think about the other things that I would like to do. Do you think they regret it? I don't know. I mean, I think personally they feel really bad. Mm -hmm. And I think um, they feel like and feel like we are friends. And that's probably not what you do with a friend. At the same time, um, it's their business and they want to stay on the air as long as they can. And if they think this will make that happen, then no, I don't think they're regretting it on that level. But on a personal friendship level, yeah. That's one thing they were saying um, on the, the clip that I listened to. They were saying that, you know, the thing that thing that people have to understand is that radio is a business and you do have to answer to people and there's ratings and blah, 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 right. blah. Um, but I think that that's what listeners don't want to have to be cognizant of. Like, no one is like, oh, let's check in with the corporation today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, how are we doing? Right. Yeah. You, that's the illusion of radio or of any of podcasts. Everything is that you are listening to your friends and you, you're invested in their life and mm-hmm. they are good people and they like each other and everyone treats each other well. And, you know, let's find out what's going on with them this week. So I think, you know, in both of our situations, this, by both of us being fired, it reminds the listeners that this is not a fun family, actually. It's something else. And I think that's a very uncomfortable reality and people don't want to have to have that in their face. And I get that. That's a really good point. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. That's, this is their family. It's not, it's not a business really. It's their family and they love hearing them and, and they've been, keeping track of them for, you know, in some cases for 25 years and they want their family to stay together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So have you seen Kevin or or Bean or Ralph since then? And do you think you will? I'm, um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, uh, as a group, we did not hang out personally. Um, You know, I think it, like the show was enough time spent together that um, we did not socialize. So uh, I think probably of the three that Bean and I would probably, we have a lot of shows, TV shows that we love to talk about Mm -hmm. that we love. So I think of the three of us, he's probably the one I'll stay in touch with the most. And he did, um, like when I called him up the week after I got fired, he um, he's like, come to Seattle, come and stay and visit, (laughs) you know, it was very nice. It was very nice. And I said, I would, but my boyfriend is so mad right now. (laughs) I don't think I was going to so mad. I was going to say, how does your boyfriend feel about it? But first, can you imagine if when you're visiting Bean and he's doing the show, you pop your head in in the background? (laughs) Hey, everybody, (laughs) guess who's here? Um, Be amazing. But, okay, so you mentioned your boyfriend. I was going to ask, how does he feel about everything? He is, um, like, the best boyfriend you could ever have. He, maybe I haven't gotten super angry because he's done it for me. (laughs) I mean, he just um, is furious about it and defends me to, there's nothing I can say about, well, you know, no, Mm -hmm. that's not it. This is wrong. You have been done wrong. Like, he's just, he's... He's very passionate about it, and um, and I love him for it. I think that's just the most supportive, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
That's very sweet. So, but I don't think that means I get to go see Bean right. <laughs> anytime soon. I was like, well, maybe I'll come, but Gary's not coming. <laughs> so he feels like they mistreated you. You know, he listened to K-Rock before I ever met him. And when we first met, he didn't know that I was that girl, <laughs> which is kind of cool. That is neat. Um, so he's been a fan all along and um, loved the show. I mean, he, of course, like anybody, there's things he liked and things he didn't like, but he listened, he, he, he's a runner, so mm-hmm. he would get up in the morning and at 5.30, he would start listening while he was running and then it was in the house until he left for work and then it was on the radio and then it was in his office. So he heard the whole show every day and, um, and I think he feels more betrayed than I do, yeah. honestly. Right. But yeah, he, I mean, he loved the show and he thinks that it was an enormous mistake and um, that they just miscalculated um, how people felt about me. And I wouldn't even go as far as saying it was an enormous mistake. I don't, I don't think I have the ego to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Time will tell. But, um, but yes, it, it happened badly. That's for sure. But he thinks it was just a huge mistake. God bless him. Is he like, I don't know what to listen to now? Because my husband has that a bit. He's no, like, he my, knows what my, to listen right. to. <laughs> <laughs> He's found another show that he really okay. likes. And now that blasts in our house. <laughs> Perfect. Do you yes. want to say what that is? Or well, He's listening to Woody. Okay. The Woody show. Yeah. He's gotcha. enjoying that a lot. And now he comes and tells me everything they say. It's very funny. Well, I guess it's good to know that shows can be replaced. You yes. cannot be, though. No. no. <laughs> and he said the sweetest thing, Allison. He came up to me like, I don't know, four or five days after it all happened. And he said, you know what? Here's the, here's the thing I love. Maybe not. Maybe everyone else won't be able to hear you anymore, but I still get to listen to you every day. I'm not Aww, even making that up. That's so Isn't sweet. That's the sweetest thing. That's really like, sweet. Oh, my God. Aww. That's really amazing. How did you guys meet? He knocked on my door. It's the funniest story. We, okay. I was... Get div- to the funny part because that just sounds creepy. Okay. <laughs> so I, um, I was married for 10 years. Um, split up with my husband. He moved out maybe a year after that. Um, somebody, I was living in a condo and someone buzzed the door. Not the door, but out front. Right. And said, I'm looking at a unit in this building. Would you mind coming out and talking to me about it? about the building, about the neighborhood. And it was like two in the afternoon and, you know, I'm home from work in sweats and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I came out and this is like really handsome man in a very nice suit, tall. And he's asking really good questions, like really intelligent questions. And he, he had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And um, it turned out that he was trying to keep me there to talk to me for as long as possible. <laughs> but he had buzzed two other people first and one person was like, no, I'm not coming out. And somebody else didn't answer. And I was like, uh-huh. sure, I'll come out, whatever. <laughs> and um, and so when we finally ended the questions, he said, um, well, I've got this question about dogs. Like how big? And I was like, I don't know. I'll uh-huh. find out. And so we exchanged email addresses and I emailed him later. I was like, well, you can only have um, two dogs and whatever. And he's like, that's great. You want to have coffee? <laughs> And um, we actually ended up, our first date was at the Ivy. Uh-huh. And I was so impressed because um, we met there and I got my parking ticket and he took it from me and put it in his pocket. And I was like, no one's ever done that before. That's really smooth. <laughs> yeah. But we had had a K-Rock event the night before and I was um, hungover. And so we sat there for like an hour with iced tea talking. And finally I said, I need to go to McDonald's. I need like a Big Mac. I need drunk people food. He's like, no problem. And we left and went to the McDonald's around the corner and made it back to the Ivy later. But I was like, that's really cool. 
And did you like him right away when you were talking to him outside I your apartment? Did yeah. Well, I just you know at that moment it's just like he sounds really smart. He looks really good and. Um, it's funny because people had emailed me later and they're like, I'm also divorced. How do you meet guys in this town? Mm. I was like, I don't know. They knock on my door. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It would have been, would I have gone online? Would I have gone to clubs? I don't know what I would have done because right. it's hard. Yeah. It's really difficult. So I was very lucky. And how long ago was that? How long have you guys been together? Oh, a long time, like eight years. And I just moved in last year. I mm-hmm. had this thing about staying really independent right. for a very long time. It was really hard for me to make that move. Mm-hmm. But then once I did, it was fine. Was it because, did you feel like you had lost yourself in your marriage? And was it like, you I don't want to I think it was it some of again? that. And I, I, towards the end of my marriage, and I'm really good friends with my ex-husband, but towards the end, I felt so trapped. Mm-hmm. And it was such a horrible feeling to be in the same house as someone else and feel trapped. And I think I was just so afraid of that happening again. I just couldn't make the move. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And we broke up several times for long periods of time and then got back together. And, you know, people are like, this is never going to work because look at you guys. You know, just quit. Just call it a day. But I actually think it's going to work great. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we hung in there. It was because of him. He was a very persistent man. <laughs> well, so how's it going now that you're living together? It's great. It's actually really, really good. And I kind of like that we're not married. It feels really, I know, I know tons of people live together that aren't married, but it feels so bad. <laughs> you are a true rebel. Right? <laughs> I know. It feels kind of, I don't know. I like it. I like the fact that we're not married. I think it's fun. Yeah. I was... Um, talking to this woman the other day and and she was saying are you married and I said yes and then she was wearing a ring and I said I said I take it you're also married and um she was she was a makeup artist and she's like oh well my husband my husband and I have been together for years um and we may as well be married, but we're not actually married because we're we're too hippie-ish to actually do that and I was like oh there's something I like about that I do too why did we do this whole thing we could have just we could have just Written the rules ourselves, you know. <laughs> yes, but but you've never been married before, correct? So I get that, and you want to have a I mean, baby. Next time I won't. So. Yeah, that's your starter marriage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he has kids that are grown. Um, so there's really no reason for us to get. I think eventually we will, but um, but just not yet. Yeah, we will well, we'll do sense. it eventually. Yeah. Okay, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on. All right, so this is where people tweet in things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? And then we comment on it. Okay. Ashley says, just me or everyone, it seems like the moment I remember I made a cup of coffee is exactly five seconds after it goes cold, hashtag gross. That is not me. I am someone who drinks coffee really fast. Like I make a cup. I think I, cause I use almond milk mm-hmm. and I put in enough that it cools it down and then I like gulp it. Whereas my husband will have a cup of coffee and it like, it lasts him five times as long as it'll last me. That's me. I have to keep reheating it up. Really? Yeah. So I guess I'm more like Ashley. I guess you are. Where are you, Jeff? On the, co- do you drink coffee? I do drink coffee. Um, I've, I've done that where I forget that I make it. And it really bums me out. Like, I'll get distracted and go work. And then I'll, I'll look in the kitchen. And I was like, 
oh man, a cup of coffee's been sitting there for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's how Daniel is. Yeah, but Not I drink. Me. I drink it pretty pretty fast because I, I want it to stay hot. Yeah, I th- maybe I just need it too much to to forget about it. That could be random. Random. Excuse me. Randomness. Joe says every time I spell Virginia, I have to look it over just in case I spelled vagina. <laughs> I like that. I don't have that. I don't I either. Like that. I totally know how to spell vagina and Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> Is this the uh, Galchas spelling bees? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> M. Budzinski says, I wonder what it's like to eat soup on the couch and not spill on my chest. Oh, yeah. Soup on the couch. That's a real... That's a real pro kind of. That's a that's a challenge. I agree. I don't, I, I don't think, think I'd, I'd done do it. it unless I had a napkin tucked into my yes, shirt. That's really right. the only way. I don't eat a lot of soup, but I would spill it on my chest. When I eat soup portably, I eat it out of uh, a Pyrex, like a two cup Pyrex uh-huh. uh, mixing thing. That way, you have extra space for it to slash around. You have right. a little handle to hold on to, and nice. you look crazy. You could just pour it directly into your. Is it like a? A measuring thing? Yeah, yeah. You could with, pour it straight into your mouth if ooh, you needed to. Yeah. I am fascinated with when I eat soup mobily. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. On the, on the move, I just on the never go, thought right. about that. Walking it's around, he's a man down. who needs a soup to be portable. <laughs> right. Like, in what circumstances are you on the go with your soup? Yeah. Well, Don't you leave the soup at home if you're on the go and you bring the sandwich? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever driven eating soup. I might have, but I, I just mean soup non non stationary, not at the table, non stationary where it's sitting on something. All right. The sense I get from you is that soup is a regular part of your diet. True or not true? <laughs> not true. I go I go through soup phases. Okay, but uh, not regular. But I, I definitely go through soup phases. Right. You did, and now I'm going to potentially embarrass you. Please do. In a text, you said, "Oh, I'll do that just as soon as I finish my salad." I mean steak. Ah. Yeah. So are you a, re- a salad eater frequently? You tried oh, yeah. to butch it up. Yeah, I, I eat lots of salad, but I was yeah, I was making a haha. Right. No, I know. I thought it was funny. But when you when you in- I'm really really want to get to the bottom Fascinated. of this. Fascinated. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> when you eat soup, mm-hmm. does salad get the boot? Like do you toggle back and forth? Um No, I eat salad pretty regularly, but then soup is a phase. Like I'll be really into soups for a month and then just eh. soup is easier than salad unless you do you make your own soup i don't make my own soup but i do make my own salads and i've figured out a way to make salad easily really tell yeah. me yeah sure. well i basically boy this is exciting i <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> i get um four bags of different kinds of i figured out the kinds of salads oh. that i like at oh Trader wow Joe's. good idea so i'll get the four bags of them and what i do is i buy too much of it so that this is important. I'll get back to that. So I have the four kinds that I like, and I'll mix it up every now and then. I'll throw one in. But I'll basically have them all open in the fridge, and that way I could just take a bowl out and go blip, blip, blip from the four different types of salads. Make a salad like that. Just throw some dressing on it. I'm in business. All right. But the, the key of buying too much is if I, if I only have like half a bag in there, there's no pressure on me to get to it and eat salad. Mm-hmm. But if I know, oh, I've got three more bags that i got to get to before they go bad, then I think... I got to move some product and it <laughs> right. makes me eat more salad. Interesting. It's like the, the lettuce hourglass. Yeah, exactly. It's turned over. Yeah. And you think it would be the other way. It'd be like, oh, I have lots. There's no rush, but yeah, it's the other way around. For wow. Me. Well, there that you makes go. you eat healthy. I'm impressed. I'm a man with a system. Now we know. <laughs> um, I feel like we need to hear snack chat. 
Snapchat. There we go. <laughs> Amy4000 says, just me or everyone, when I'm on an airplane and it ascends or descends quickly, I have to resist the urge to let out a woo. Like a roller coaster. Oh, like a, no, I, yeah. I have to resist the urge to scream mm-hmm. and throw up. That's me on a plane. You don't like flying, I take it? No. I'm worried about being sick. I'm not afraid to fly, although I do think of plunging into the ocean from time to time mm-hmm. and just disappearing forever, but mostly it's that I get airsick really easily. Have Like you feel like you're going to or you actually do? I have. Oh, I, no. I use the patch, but one time I forgot. And my boyfriend never has that problem, so he kind of thought I was being dramatic. Mm-hmm. So we're flying back from Boston to LA and I filled up four barf bags <laughs> and had to hand them to him so he could hand it to the, the uh, I want to say stewardess, flight attendant. Yes. Wow. Yes. And then he believed me after that. Where did you get this surplus of barf bags? <laughs> I guess he ran and got more <laughs> for me after I went through oh, R2. That's Isn't awful. That Do you get seasick as well? Because I yes, get seasick. and I'm a scuba diver. It's the wow. worst sport ever for someone like me. Yeah, it's horrible. How frequently do you scuba dive? Um, I go like every, like I'm going to Catalina next weekend. But I think I try to go every three months mm-hmm. or so, either locally or elsewhere. That is something I think I will never do. A lot I of people it. don't. Yeah, I think to. it's the phobia of, of being that deep and not being able to breathe, yeah. even though I know that that's the whole point. The, they do make it very safe, but oh my gosh, it's so expensive. You spend so much money on equipment. Really? Yeah. And the certification and all that is yeah. expensive too. Yeah. But what's it like down there? It's it's the most zen thing I've ever done. Like once you, that moment when you go under the water is like my favorite moment of just, and then it's sort of silence. Mm-hmm. And you really are, you're, you couldn't be more present than you are at that. You don't think about anything else. And it's like, it, it really is just so peaceful and calming. I, I love it, actually. I'm really glad. I'm really glad we did it. It was hard at first because the equipment and it's mm-hmm. so heavy and it's uncomfortable at first. And then you get used to it and it's a lot easier. But yeah, it's just super zen. It's yeah. pretty cool. And if you go to Hawaii or any place like that, I love going to St. Lucia and places like that. It's, it's a great little thing that you can add to your trip. Right. All right. Well, now I see the appeal. How okay. far down do you go? Um, the most a recreational diver goes normally is around 100 feet. That seems quite far. It's pretty deep. <laughs> it is. It's pretty deep. And the, they test you when you get down there, like your initial um, training, to see if you can still, they have this hand movement that you do on the surface and they test how long it takes. And then you do it at that level to see if you're starting to experience like a little bit of dementia. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, wow. And if you are, then you know that maybe you shouldn't go that deep. Right. It's a big deal. Yeah. And then when you come back up, how long does that take to avoid the bends? Well, you have to go, you have to do a three minute safety stop at 15 feet. Um, So you just sit there and you, as you go up, you go like a foot a second is the most that you should ascend. Mm -hmm. So it's, pretty slow so that you're by and then you have to do that safety stop and if you've been underwater a long time like some people do double tanks then you have to stay a lot longer right um before you go to the surface so there's a lot of stuff to learn Mm -hmm. okay all right serena carb says when there is a group of cops due to an accident or arrest etc i always think yay i'm not going to get pulled over hashtag just mirror everyone i don't think that i often think oh i'm safe Oh, because they're on the job? Well, like if there's just a bunch of cops nearby, I think nothing's going to happen to me near these cops. Well, that's a good point. I don't know if point. that's true or not, but... I never think that uh, they're going to... Because I don't do things that are wrong. So I don't worry not. about getting pulled over. Right. Right? Right. We're good girls. Do, but, but if I f- see a cop behind me, I do 
panic for a second, even though I'm not doing anything wrong. Because maybe a brake light's out or there's something you don't know about or you forgot your registration. I don't know. It's the same or- feeling as in an airport when I go through the metal detector and everything's fine and I feel like, oh, phew, even though I'm not smuggling anything. I don't know what it is. I think it's just a reaction to authority maybe. I think they make you feel guilty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. The McKellen says... Just mirror everyone. Cleaning lady is still in restroom and seat is up because it's just been cleaned. I feel it's an insult to put, to put this to, oh no, no, sorry. Cleaning ladies in the restroom and seat is up because it's just been cleaned. I feel it's an insult to TP the seat, but I must to cover it in toilet paper. Oh, right. Do you do that? Are you a, no. like a seat cover girl? No, I'm a germy person, I guess, is what I am. I am too. Oh, really? Okay, I don't good. Do I don't like to share that with everyone because I feel like there's supposed to be this whole thing of like, well, I cover it in 16 rolls of toilet paper and then I hover. Unless it's, unless I can see stuff on it, in which case, no, I don't want to plop down into right. that. I pretty much will sit on it uh, because I, there are times I've hovered, like if it's a like a public restroom at the beach or something. Oh, those are nasty. Yes, they're always the worst. Yeah. But for the most part, I will just sit on it and just roll the dice. I don't think you can get anything from a toilet seat. I don't really, really? think so either. I feel so like I, people I will write in it. to tell us we're wrong, but... I, in fact, I think it makes me stronger. Right. Like, as it makes my immune system stronger because I expose myself to low levels of lots of stuff. That's right. That's smart. Yes. I'm sure that's what I'm doing too. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've had a cold that hasn't gone away oh for like God. a week and a half. <laughs> so I might not be the, the oh. best for this. But anyway, Edward Gulo says, is it me or everyone? When Oh, another one. Okay. I don't think this is real. When sitting on the toilet, my ball sack touches the water. <laughs> that never happens to me. No, me neither. <laughs> Jeff? Not once ever. <laughs> I feel like this person's bragging about their saggy balls. Why would you? I don't think that's a thing that you brag about. But All I right, think some guys have do. Long balls. I think some guys think that like really big one is, is a. I can't a even thing. say it. <laughs> but I, we don't Makes know if them these really are masculine. They probably just wanted you to say it, huh? Probably, but yeah. we don't even know if these are big balls or they could be small balls that hang low. Yeah. Or he's really old. Or his toilet seat is full of water true his toilet is we have so many questions yeah amy 4000 says i feel super old when i hear songs that are catchy but i have no idea what they mean example turn down for what well see i feel old because i don't even know that song but i think i know that slang i just feel old when i hear slang that i don't know yeah which is a lot of slang these days like on fleek do you know about this one Mm -mm. your brows are on fleek i think it's generally applied to eyebrows and it's just something you say it's like oh your eyebrows look great it's like on point Really? I don't know where it came from. Never yeah. heard that. Mm-hmm. Well, now you guys know. All right. Bryant Rich says, and this is the last one, drives me nuts when people stand during taxiing and crew has to announce seatbelt light still on. This never used to happen. Um, I feel like this has always happened. People are rude on planes? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that has always happened. I, I think that bugs everybody because don't they have to... Like, if you don't sit down, they're going to have to stop or right. do something. And All right. Now, as someone with a fellow small bladder, okay. do you sometimes need to pee before when you've taken off, before they have yes. taken off the seatbelt sign? And will you sometimes just get up and do it, even though you will get a little warning? Yes. I do, too. They're like, if anything happens to you, that's on you, because I told you. <laughs> it's like, yes, I know. Yeah. And I have to do this. Right. And I go, like, right before we get on the plane, and I still... I think it's just the idea that I might... Right. I don't know. Well, they leave that. They leave it on for a really long time. Yeah, that's true. In no, fact, I sometimes it'll still be on, and the movie or whatever will have started, and you're like, "But my headphones are in the thing in in the overhead bin." 
I insist on the aisle seat. So Me that, too. Yes, you don't want to yes, call over people. That's right. Yeah. Jeff, where do you sit on a plane? I, I've actually moved from window to aisle. I used to like the window. I liked looking out the window. I would like fall asleep against it. But I found out, I'm not a frequent peer, but I would hold it longer than I needed to because I didn't want to disturb. To disturb yeah, especially people. if they're asleep or something. Right. Somebody wound up being asleep. But even if they're awake, I would just be like, oh, I'm, I'm not that bad. And then all of a sudden... You know, the, he said, oh, the, the, seats, the, the, the seatbelt light is on because we're coming in for a landing. And then you think, oh, well, I'm 20 minutes past due now. And yeah. you're just stuck. So, yeah. Good. I go for the aisle the now. Aisle. And I, it feels more spacious to me. I prefer it because I, I don't really get claustrophobia, but I always am afraid that I will. So, I don't know what that is. Claustrophobia I like, phobia. <laughs> I like the coziness, actually, of the, the window seat. Right. I don't have a problem with that. But... Something about the aisle seat, it feels a lot more spacious. Well, if you have long legs, you definitely can stretch out more yeah. in an aisle seat. You can kind of lean into the seat. Yeah. I, how tall are you, Allison? I'm 5'6". Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> I think that's a, probably a really good height on a on a plane in a seat because I feel it like the seat well. is too high and it pushes oh, my head forward. That sounds uncomfortable. I would love to be like on a phone book in mm-hmm. the seat. I think I would be so much more comfortable. You should bring one. I should. I mean, Do you think they'd let me? I think that would be your personal item, but <laughs> <laughs> you could also then bring one carry-on. And a phone book. Yeah. How I'm tall are you? Five two. Well, really, five one and three quarters. <laughs> Let's be real. You know, I used to say five six, but I believed I this is height chat. Um, I believed that I was actually like five five and a half, but I would say five six and I was always like <laughs> pulling one over on them. <laughs> but then I was actually measured uh, at the doctor's I don't know, last year. And I really was 5'6". So this whole time I thought I was kind of lying, but I really wasn't. Or you grew. Or I grew, which I don't think happens anymore. But you never know. You don't know. Maybe, I know. I could be a... power of positive thinking. Yes. I could be some kind of medical miracle. (laughs) Scientific wonder. Well, Lisa May, it's been so much fun having you on the show. Thank you so, so, so much for doing this. I had such a good time and you're a wonderful interviewer. Oh, thank you. And you made me so comfortable and I'm really glad we did this. Good. Is there anything else you want to say? Do you feel anything you want to... No, I just, um, really, I just want to thank listeners for being so wonderful and supportive because I honestly think um, my next job will be because of them, because they've been so wonderful and demonstrative. The listeners are great. Thank you, you guys. You're amazing. Yeah. Yes. And thank you, Allison. And thank thank you, you. Jeff. It was great. Thank you. Um, All right. If you guys are going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website at alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show immensely. Also, I have PayPal banners on my website on the right side of the page, uh, alisonrosen.com. And we have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. That's fantastic. (laughs) You can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. Uh, We have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday Gang. And those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Just search Allison Rosen in iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. Email us ARIYMBFshow at gmail.com. Lisa... Yes. Throw out all your ways that people can reach you. Gosh, that's really hard. I think I'm Lisa X May on everything, really, on Twitter and on Facebook. And um, if you want to email me, you can. It's lxmay333 at gmail.com. I Should love I give that my you phone just number. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no, no, probably not. I don't think I'll do that. Yeah. 
No, well, it's fine. Have you ever been burned by giving your email out? I mean, I give the show email out, so I guess it's not that different. No, but. I mean, it's just email. Yeah. No, it's fine. You're right. I'm cool. Awesome. And Jeff, where should people go for you if they want to talk to you about Super Salad? Colonel Jeff Fox on all your social medias. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to give you my salad tips. <laughs> Those are good tips. Excellent. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.